right. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Brian Knight. How are you? Oh, John, I'm doing great. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Yes. It's Happy nice Tuesday. Day. Yes. Nice day here in San Antonio. Yes. I'm glad you made it back from the camp safe and sound. Oh, yeah. What a and time. We had a great time, and I'm feeling much better. Back to the grind today. I, uh, mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't podcast and read uh, yesterday. I was not feeling too well. Needed a recharge day, uh, but feeling like a million bucks and uh, ready to go today. Ready back on schedule. That's right, back on schedule. Six a.m. Pacific time. We are back. You're uh, you're yeah. coming a little quiet. Turn your mic up maybe a little bit. Am I okay? Yeah. You need, to, you need to invest in a mic, by the way. Oh, I have one. Ooh, do you? I, yeah, yeah. I just, I like, to, I, I do like to use the iPad, uh, but I'll start, I'll start uh, oh, pulling out my MacBook. You sound fine. Okay, good. You sound fine. So the last chapter we read, as we uh, continue on the the journey through the Bible, uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book. Uh, was chapter 11, and that was the Tower of Babel. Right. And if you missed that, go back and listen to that. We read 10 and 11, and we did it in Florida uh, at Kobe's house. Uh, yes, during we did. The, during the uh, North Shankle camp. Uh, and Brian, thank yeah. you for coming out, by the way. That was a great time. You're very welcome. I wouldn't have missed that one. That was that was so good. Yeah. And it, it, it lived up to the hype. Yeah, oh, that's great. Good. We, and we we stayed at a wonderful place. Kobe put us up. Kobe Geist. Geist, yeah. <clears throat> and then we got uh, we had all four of us on there. It was that one. That was so it great. Was you, me, Kobe, and Cornell. Mm-hmm. It was a great. It's a great day. Go back and listen to the last. Uh, yeah, go back and, and listen to it. Ten and eleven. The show right before this. Uh, one of my favorite chapters too. Really great conversation about. Uh, uh, 10 was a great conversation, and then 11 was awesome, just the Tower of Babel. Very interesting, very interesting. So, Absolutely. And go back, if you're just tuning in now, and you're like, what is this? Just go back, go to Spreaker.com, go to the, the home channel page, and catch up, you know, catch up Absolutely. to where we're at. Yeah, Yeah. that's the great thing about this us doing this, is that all, this will all be available to for replay. The Word of God online. Yeah. How, how, how cool right is there. that? It's right there. I love it. Um, so we're on chapter 12, Genesis, and uh, I'll let you I'll let you start it off on first yeah. chapter. Let me pull it up here on my, my Google screen. I do have the okay. actual Bible here in my hand, but doing the podcast, it is easier to read on the internet here. So, uh, And we do the uh, New Living Translation. Uh, we both obviously prefer King's, King James, but a little easier to read. And, and I think for everybody to kind of understand more with this, um, which is great. So um, let's get after it. Okay. Well, uh, Genesis chapter 12, let's, do, let's quickly, uh, let's pray real quick and I'll do that. And yeah. we'll get right into it. Father, we just love you. We, in Jesus' name, we thank you for everything you've You've given us, and you've given us this wonderful word, and we just pray for boldness, open our eyes and our heart, give us revelation, Lord, on how to live and how to minister and how to how to give to others, 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. All right. Genesis 12. Here we go. Okay, the call of Abram. Abram. So that's the father of father of us all. So the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who curse you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went to him. And Lot went with him, rather. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took with he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed to the land headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of um, Moreh. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you the land, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there, dedicated it to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And after that, Abram traveled south and set up the camp in the hill, hill country, with Bethel to the west and, and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward Negev. So Abram and Sarah in Egypt. And at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. And as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarai, Look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of your interest in you. Their interest in you. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king. And Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. Sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh, so Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Aram out of the country along with his wife and all his possessions. Wow. Hmm. Wow. You know, going over this, we've read this a few times, John, you and I, yeah. in the last you know few months, and then things are starting to really pop, pop out. Hmm. What are you seeing here that we 
might have missed yeah. earlier. Well, well, first of all, I've, I've known this for a while, but it just struck me again. It said the Lord appeared to Abram. Isn't that just something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That God would just show up and make himself known to you right before your physical eyes. Now, let me ask you a question about that. Because it, it does say just appeared, and I would like to get your mm-hmm. uh, thought on this. And kind of maybe what the King James says. Sure. But it does say that if you see God, you will die. So when it says appeared, do you really think that it was God standing right in front of um, Abram? Or do you think it was in a different way? Sure. More of appeared of maybe a voice or a... What do you think on that? Oh, great point. Great point. So, a couple of thoughts. I, okay. you know, when it says, when you see God, you'll die. Yes. I think that what that's talking, that's talking about the Father. Right? The, the, uh, the Father. He is the glory. He's the glory. He's the power. Mm-hmm. Of God. He is God, right? Obviously, Yahweh. Remember, there's three, there's three parts. There's the Father. There's the Son. There's a spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So these are the, these are God, but they're three persons, right? Kind of like you, right? You you have a physical body, mm-hmm. but you also have a mind. You think outside of your body, right? You can think when your when your body's hurting on your. You can feel your foot hurting, but you can still think. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and you have a spirit, right? So you're three persons inside one body. So you know the Bible does talk about how if anyone sees the face of God. You know, he can't stand yeah. or live. But I don't believe that that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, you know, that that's what's happened here. I believe so what you, happened here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I believe right here is where, you know, the Lord Yahweh, or I believe he showed up as Jesus, right? Mm, and, okay. and, or, okay. he, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I said he showed up as a, you know, the form of God. You know, which was Jesus or the whole, or the Spirit of God. We can't really, you know, we can't really know. Just as a so you're saying, chap- yeah, you're saying, uh, verse seven. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, "What does King James say on that?" Same. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it just said appeared. So I mean, it's yeah, because later on, remember Moses in the has a has a burning bush moment. Yes. Right. And he literally says to God, he goes, look, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. Mm-hmm. And this is, I, I believe this is where the father shows up to him. Mm-hmm. But he, but he says, you can't handle my glory. I, you can only look at my backside. Right. 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 And so I'm going to put you in the little, a little cutout, which is of granite. The Bible says, and then you can stay there and it'll protect you, but you can glim- you can take a glimpse at me as I walk by. Yeah. Well, just kind of yeah. like Moses in the woods when they're traveling here coming up. Yeah. When Moses uh, would go have meetings and conversations with the Lord. Um, exactly. I think it was more of maybe he was looking at his feet. It, you know, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked here. I just think it's an interesting conversation, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it's, it doesn't say here that, you know, uh, Abram saw God's face or his eyes or, you know, just said appeared. So I think, yeah. you know, Jesus, the Holy ghost or, um, 
So we can move on from that. I just thought that was yeah. interesting. I have I have my thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it, may, it could be long winded, so we don't have to go through it. But you know, I mean, man died, John. In, in, in Adam and Eve, they they spiritually died. You know, sin they became sin. Literally, the Bible says in Romans, Adam became sin. Mm-hmm. So God, and there is no sin in God. So when you when you present right. sin in the presence of God, it's over. Well, they say you know the snake on the um, the stick for hospitals. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, we're going about we're about to read. The snake is Jesus, because um, Jesus took all of the all of man's sin, all of the human sin. Yes, um, he did all of it. He literally turned into sin from taking all of the sin when he died on the cross. Yeah, thank um, yeah, and thank God he did, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Um, <clears throat> I think that might be a little bit more of, of an opinion there on my end. Um, I'm the snake. I wanna, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is that, really if that's yeah, I mean, I want to well, keep this podcast biblical, and if I do course. have an opinion, I want to make it clear that that maybe uh, I heard that from a pastor, and then it makes yeah. sense, and so that's more of an opinion apart here. Um, yeah, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know fully about the about. I know the serpent and, and right. everything. It was there. Uh, I have. It's been a while since we've we've talked. Uh, I've studied that part. Right. But you know, Jesus, of course, was you know what was lifted up, right? And he was mm-hmm. pierced, and he he did take on all the sin. Right. And he did take all on sickness, disease, same thing. And that's the exact example, John. When they when he held up, when Moses, this is later on, when he holds up that serpent on the pole, and you look to that serpent and believe God healed them. Right, right. You know, so right. absolutely. You know, he, he, I, so I remember the another pastor doing, uh, talking about this, saying, "I understand that when you say the word snake and then Jesus together, it's kind of people are kind of taken back, like mm-hmm. how dare you? But if you really look into it, that's the kind of meaning behind it of." You know, Jesus yeah. took the sin there. So, um, getting getting kind of up to uh, really just the first f- few uh, verses here. Wow, you know, um, you know it. This is a, this is a promise forever, and I think that uh, people forget that. You know, they do. I just think it's, it's very important to make that that statement and that note here is that this is a promise for for Abraham, Sarah, and all of the people forever. Yeah, on that it's you know. basically all, you know. And with the way I look at this, it's it's all the God's covenant people. Mm-hmm. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Yes, yes, and mm-hmm. all the families of the earth will be blessed through us. Right. How amazing is that? Well, God, yeah, uh, God loves the Jews, and they're His people, and He has a plan, and He has a covenant, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it this is. This is a promise that will go forever. And people out there that think that, for you know, there's there's churches out there that think that the Lord is done with with the Jews for some odd reason, and this is blasphemy. It's false teaching. I agree. You know, he's not make that very clear. I mean, he didn't just put put him on a shelf or something. Yeah, 
Okay, one more thing, and then mm-hmm. we can go on if you want. Right. Okay, so, you, so here, here we have the crazy situation where. Think, let's think about this. This is like if you if you you took your family, you traveled to Canada, and and you you said, okay, okay, Jess, you're my sister. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you we're know, skipping and, to this part. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And think about this. And then they took her into the palace. We don't know how t- how much time was actually gone by here, John. Like it literally says that the, he gave them, and I did, this is what clicked earlier, big time. Pharaoh gave Abram all kinds of gifts, right? All kinds of things. So this could have been hours, days, or weeks, man. Yeah, yeah. She was in the palace, you know, and fair. It says Pharaoh took her in as as his wife or wanted to. So anyway, this is a if you really dig into these, you know, verse fourteen and. And so on. Pharaoh then gave Abram, verse 16, many gifts for her. Male, you know, donkey, sheep, goat, cattle. Mm-hmm. Male and female servants and camels. And then it says the Lord sent plagues. Right. So so here's what I'm saying. That's where this timeline comes in. So anyway, I, I, this is, um, so, you know, you know, we, we read these stories, but, you know, if you really dig into the time frame and what actually happened, a lot went on, a lot no pun intended mm-hmm. for the next chapter, but a lot went on right before. And, yeah. Right? Sorry. Yeah. No, I was no, going to no. make the point. You make such a good point, Brian Nitsch, because, um, throughout the entire Bible, we have to remember, remember, remind ourselves of this is that time right. is, we don't know the exact time period for a lot of the teachings in the Bible and the stories. Um, right. It, you know, God, you know, writes the Bible through man and he, this is what he wants us to have. Right. Exactly. Nothing less, nothing more. Oh, you, this, this and is so, so that's well perfect. It's perfect. Right. And so the time periods, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're reading and then, you know, this person lived 800 years and then died. You're like, Wow. If you sit back, you're like, wow, 800 years just went by in one half of a sentence, and we're continuing on. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I always like to say, man, let's, let's love each other and be blessed for every day, because right. we're not here long. And, and, I, and I, that's an outlook I have ever since dying and coming back to life and becoming a Christian and reading the Bible and God's Word and is... I know sometimes that can be kind of harsh to say and people are like, geez, John, quit freaking me out. But it's true. We're not here long. Mm-hmm. And we must cherish every day and everybody around us. Um, 800 years can go by like that. You know? Um, so it's it's important to know, Brian. Absolutely. So yeah. So as you're, you know, if you, as you're listening, go back and go read chapter 12 again and just kind of Think about it in the real world time frame and sense of what was going on. You know, you don't, it's just amazing to think we get little blimps, blips of, of information. And you just nailed it out of the park when you said the Holy Spirit reveals in the Bible and writes down through men what we need. And then all these little parts are important. Yeah. So right. it's great to go back and reread and re restudy these four or five or six verses or 12 verses. Mm hmm. Because it's deep. It just every time you we get we look in here, it's more and more and more opens up. I would like to make it very clear here too. 
because there's things that happen in the Bible, Brian, before we move on to 13. And I think there's some people out there that say, you know, let me make the example first. Mm-hmm. Abraham was deceived. Oh, shoot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was going to talk. I got to... <laughs> I gotta run the trash truck. The trash truck's coming. I forgot. Yeah, go ahead. My go wife's ahead. gonna kill me. I was gonna talk about Abraham being deceitful. God never told him to do that. No, exactly. Right. So go do the trash. It's go, very, uh, it's I'll, very key to note that humans do things. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you there. Basically, you know, Abraham went and um, Abraham went and deceived Pharaoh, right, to save himself. Yeah. He, he, he deceived Pharaoh to save his own life, right? It was selfish. And Sarai didn't have anything to do do with this, and neither did his family. But it was all based in fear. You know, what did he say? I'm going to um, I'm gonna hide you as my wife and make you my, my sister <laughs> because I'm afraid that, that um, Pharaoh will kill me, you know? You know, whenever we do the wrong thing, oftentimes it's based in fear. You know, fear of, you know, eternal death or or some kind of punishment or loss. You know, definitely fear of, like, losing, um, you know, wealth or position. And fear is a big-time driver of, of failing, you know, failing all over. Fear of failure is a big one, too, you know. But fear of death, man, came right in when, when, um, you know, right away when sin happened. You know, they thought they, they, they died spiritually. And because of that, you know, their fear of death. And look at Cain and Abel. You know, fear of being punished because, you know, he thought he was doing, you know, he knew he was uh, doing the wrong thing. Cain, he was sacrificing incorrectly, not in faith. You know, not taking the best as God had, um, you know, showed the way. You know, and then because of, you know because of fear and, and, and anger launched out at Abel. So definitely, you know, fear is a driving force, and it makes a, it makes you realize that you know, God doesn't. God shows you these things where people mess up, and He's not the one who instructs us to deceive he is not the father of lies right satan is the father of lies. the enemy is the father of lies he is the deceiver he is the one you know he's the one satan is the one so not god i mean god's loving god's the truth you know you know and, and, and even when the truth is hard you know it would be yeah it, it was sarah was sarah beautiful but fair, you know, Abram needed to go to Sarah and say, "This is my wife." So John's back here. Brian. Yep, yep, I'm here. I just said this. I was just saying the same thing. I was just saying, yeah, but fear, fear is what drove him to do this, not God. Right. You know. You know, he was afraid of his own life. So what did he do? He took his own idea and said, "I'm gonna, we're gonna um, betray or deceive Pharaoh." Mm-hmm. Well, you look at it too, and <clears throat> you know, 
it, correct me if I'm wrong here. God doesn't like pick sides on people sinning. You know, Pharaoh's sinning. Abraham was sinning. But God forgives. God has a plan. What's that? Oh, okay. Something's going on. Brian, I believe it's me now. And, uh, and here we are. Okay, let me uh, read 13. I think 13 is... Uh, okay, perfect. All right, 13. Abraham, or Abram, I'm sorry, and Lot separate. All right, Brian, I'm going to read 13. All right. So. You, all right, we're good. 13, yeah. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abram was a very rich in livestock, silver and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshipped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all of their flocks and herds living so close together. Jeez, Brian, look at this. Lot and uh, Abram, and of all the land, they were claustrophobic. And, and what? Well, uh, Notice they were pretty. They were pretty blessed, huh? Yeah. Look at all that. Um, so disputes broke out between the uh, herdsmen of Abram and Lot, and at that time, the Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Finally, Abram said to Lot, "Let's not allow this conflict to come between us." Or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot looked, uh, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere. The garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled to the land of Canaan. And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and consistently sinned against the Lord. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all of this land as far as you can see, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants 
that like dust on the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. Right. Boom. And now we know why they're called Hebrews. Mm. From Hebron. Yes. Very cool. So is this what's separated the Jews from the um, Muslims? Well... Or is that a little bit later when the hands-made wife or... Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, that's later when, yeah, when you have, no, not hands-made white, but when, um, the, you know, the Muslim philosophy is that Ishmael was actually the righteous child, and that's their descendant. Right, okay. Instead of Isaac, Abraham's first, uh, first righteous born, according to the Bible. Got it. Okay, we'll get back right. on this then. Yeah, yeah. So big, a big shift here. So we got, we got lots of, uh, Abraham. And Lot, you know, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. That's God's man, you know. Why can't God? Mm-hmm. You know, I had this question come up, or I've been studying this one topic, um, and I put this question out on Facebook. Why would Jesus wear a Rolex? Hmm. Why yeah. would he? Why would he? That's the Why question. Wouldn't Why wouldn't he? No, no would he? Just would Jesus wear a Rolex? That's well, I would say no, because no. Why would? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Well, he, I mean, my first thought is that he rode in on a donkey. I mean, they didn't have Cadillacs back then. Well, he didn't ride in on a horse. He rode in on yeah. a donkey. I mean, but what? But who's to say a horse is better of transportation than a donkey? In well, that situation, donkey is right? not as graceful and you know, maybe strong and. But he, but he only did that. If you remember, I don't know if you remember that ex- scenario exactly. But he did that because that was a specific situation where God had had prophesied he would ride mm-hmm. in on a donkey. Yeah. So someone had the donkey ready and knew to give it to him. You know. Okay, so what's your point here? You're saying anyway, that Jesus is, would wear if Jesus yeah. wore a Rolex, you you wouldn't really think twice about it. Yeah, so my point is just that that God's people can be wealthy. God's right. people can have things to give to others. I see. Right. So I mean, it was more of like a hey, let's have a conversation, not yeah, like right. If G- I don't care if Jesus wore a Rolex or not. But my point was, he would. I mean, he or would he? You know, who who cares if he did? But He's okay with his people. Have I mean, Abram is is wealthy, and there's this stigma in the Christian community on the Western world, America, where like preachers can't have you know a Mercedes, mm-hmm. but Bill Gates can have a Mercedes, right? Mm, right. But Bill Gates earned that. Well, what does that even mean? Bill Gates earned that. What's the most important thing? A computer or God's word? Yeah. Right. So anyway, that was my whole point. Just, and so we see here, Abram was very rich, you know, in verse two, and and they were so they were so wealthy, they had to split up. Man, God had blessed His people right here so much, mm-hmm. you know. 
and even cause issues amongst them. There are so many things. Yeah. But this, and this is the dawn of Sodom and Gomorrah, where, where uh, you know, where judgment comes down. And do you see what it says, John? It said uh, that that people were sinning against God constantly. That means all the time. That's pretty. That's pretty big. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Look, to go back to the Rolex thing, so... Sure. I think that it's tough. You just have to be careful. That's all I'm saying. I think it, it's it's kind of what the heart is, 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 is thinking Absolutely. here. Because if you care about the Rolex and you want people to see the Rolex and it... That's it. Then and you're materialistic and you're better and... You're prideful. There you go. There's the good word. You're prideful yeah. about the Rolex or your Mercedes. And that's how you live your life. Then I think that's a problem. It's not the 100%. money that's the problem. It's not the riches that are the problem. Right. You know, it's like the pastor. Like, okay, let's say there's a very successful pastor and a pastor, but he is really materialistic, seems to be pretty prideful and doesn't really give or do anything in the community. And, I think that that would be something that would be a red flag. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that if there's a pastor that has nice things and lives a comfortable life and drives a nice car, um, but gives, 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 and mm-hmm. it just seems very humble and kind and doesn't really care about maybe some of the nicer things that he has, then then great. I mean, let's keep it biblical. And I think that you make the good point, Brian Nitch, of... Let's keep it biblical. I mean, there's opinions out there. Sure. Well, those are opinions. Let's keep it biblical. Nowhere does it say, you know, that a pastor can't have nice things or, you know, money's bad. I mean, let's no, let's, a, let's be honest here. Look at look at the Jewish people. They're extremely blessed even to this day with wealth. You know, many yeah. of them are. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, but it's 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 you. It's if money has you. That's a problem, right? If it controls you, but if you control the money, right? And that's the thing. How can you bless the world if you don't have any, right? So that's my that's my whole my my whole point was, let's talk about it because there's no you know Jesus received often gifts that were of a, a very expensive. I'm talking ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff, mm-hmm. and the disciples got mad. But Jesus said, "What are you getting mad for? What am I? Is she? Is this not a good thing for me to get this yeah, gift? Right, right, right. So that, you right. know, my, so my point is, you know, not like, oh, Jesus walked around with a Rolex and diamonds and bling and a grill. That's not it. But but would a man of God be able to have the best and use the best, whether it's a Rolex or uh, you well, know, it says ten percent tithe, tithe, ten percent, give the church money." You know, but I you're assuming we don't. That's an assumption, though. That's an assumption that the, 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 the pastor only gets income from the tithe. But that's not at all true. Like, look at these people like mm-hmm. John Hagee and yeah. Joel Osteen. They don't even take a, a, they don't even take a check from the church. But people don't believe that. Well, here's they my don't really. So my 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 uh, the church I go to, Athey Creek in uh, Westland, mm-hmm. Oregon. You, you know, Brett and everybody, and his son and his daughter, and like his everybody's on salary. Sure. Um, That's 
No, yeah, absolutely. But I, where does that where does that come from, though? Is it just is it just is it just donations? Uh, yeah, no, uh, yes, it go. It, this if they take money from the church, it's it, the church either. Yeah, people give to the church. Right. They tithe. They give offering. They yeah. purchase tapes, shirts, Bibles, right, whatever right. they're selling. You know, and then um, if the church, the church could have a, a, a source of income outside the church. Like they, the church could invest. They could have rental properties that they use mm-hmm. in, in other things. So it's not like the church can't have a functioning business plan yeah, somewhere right, else, right? right. We, it's like we, we we put the church in a little box. You can only do this, you know. Well, you know, with my church, there's trips to Israel and camps and so many great mm-hmm. things constantly happening. So when we give, it's like, man, that's going to, like you said, Brian, spreading the word of God and, yeah, you know, touching so many people. But I don't think that you need to be even kind of wealthy to spread the, the word. I mean, you know, I think that there's, you know, God uses yeah, all yeah. types of wealth poor to rich to, to spread the word of God. I think that it's the wrong consumption to think that you have to have money to spread the word of God. And oh, of course you do. Of co- I mean, of course it's the wrong. I totally agree with that. You you could do it. Yeah, I think your mic is ruffling on your sweatshirt. Oh, there sorry about go, that. Yeah. So you could do that. You can do spread the word like we're doing now, which costs mere pennies. Yeah. Or you could fly around the world, you know, but my point is there's really no expense that's too great because the God of, of this world can right. take care of you. He could take care, he could pay for you to have first class flights all day long and have someone give to the poor. It doesn't matter to him. Well, you know let, I mean? let me ask you a question. I've, I've experienced this personally. Um, yeah. It does say in the Bible, I don't know where, and I'm paraphrasing here, that it is harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a poor man. Mm-hmm. And... I mean that's biblical. I don't know the exact, you know. Again, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, Jesus said that, right? Red ink. So, right. but I, th- I think it's a very good point, though. And I think, I mean, I don't think it's true. It is true because Jesus said it. Let me make that clear. You know, money can do bad things to humans' brains. Absolutely. And don't 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 you sit here for a second and think I'm on a high horse. I'm only flesh, and I fall short, and this has messed up my life many times throughout my my journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that uh, <clears throat> probably the last three or so years has been a huge change in my life, with completely um, looking at money uh, a different way than I used to. Right on. So you got to be careful. I think that, you know, as we talk about the wealth and the and the money and riches and even fame, let's say, whatever it may be, God can bless you with these things. But, man, you got to be careful. It, this is that's so well said, because, you know, First Timothy six says the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm. Oh, OK. I've yeah. I didn't know that was a biblical line. Yeah. Yeah, and it says, it says, if you keep going, it says that many, because of the love of money, leave the faith and throw themselves into many, many sorrows. I mean, look at what Judas did, right? Remember, so Judas, oh, I can't wait till we get there. But Judas, he messed up big time because he actually, uh, when 
when Mary came and, and broke the Alice, she broke a box of oil and poured it all over Jesus' feet and so on. And Judas got mad and so did the other disciples. They said, this is a waste. We could have sold this and given it to the poor. Right? But Jesus said, no, what are you talking about? This is a great thing she has done. I mean, this is, and this is, in today's world, this, this, that was like a $25 offering. Mm-hmm. $25,000 $25, mm. offering that was gone like that. Like that, yeah. And he said, she's done such a great thing. The world will always know what she's done. And what happened? Right that moment, Judas got upset, and that's when he plotted to go and, uh, uh, betray Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver. So money, John, and you're absolutely right. It's very, you have to be very careful about how you think about it, learn about it, feel about it, because it is the power, it's power in the earth. Right. It, it right. also can tr- control your life. Right. You know? Right. And so it's, but it's important to learn. It's important to know, and we'll get into it all, all this, ne- this next year, what God thinks about money and how you should handle it. You know, it's very important. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think I, I, that's a tough one, even with pastors, because let's say I put myself in the shoe of a pastor, let's say. Mm-hmm. I just think that when you're going a little above and beyond, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's a sin, of course. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. when I, okay, I, I just feel like I'm at church and my pastor starts wearing like really nice clothes, you know, a really gold sparkly watch. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now, like, yeah, he used to drive, let's say, a really nice, you know, Chevy Tahoe, mm-hmm. beautiful SUV. Okay, fine. All of a sudden, now he pulls in with a, you know, yeah, with a with a brand new five hundred series Mercedes yeah. on twenty two inch rims, all blacked out. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, I I have to admit to you, not trying to be judgmental, but why? I I, I guess why? You're tr- at that point. I feel like you're not just living a comfortable life. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are trying to make a statement that this is important to you and I think that's yep. I think that's starting to become a little prideful of saying look how successful I am I, I don't know I just maybe I'm wrong here Brian this is a tough one but I just feel like it gives me a little bit of an eerie feeling in my stomach I understand. if that was the case that's all I'm saying no you know it's valid, valid. what you're saying is valid how you deal with that, I, you know, I'm not fully sure. I know what the scripture says a little bit, but but uh, 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 Jesus deals with this when he re- when he returns to earth. When he talks to he talks to Peter. Remember, he's saying, "Feed my sheep, feed my lambs." And after he rose from the dead, and he and, and Peter goes, he looks at John. He says, "What about John? What about his life? What if you, what if you give him more? Right? What if you give him a better life?" And Jesus looks to Peter and says. If I give him everything, what does it matter to you? Right? Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it, it, you know, it does spark, you know, uh, you know, but let me ask you this. If Bill Gates walked in and he walked up and he, he walked in and he had a nice sparkly watch on or whatever, a ring on his finger and he had a, you know, 500, a 600 series Mercedes. Right. right. You know what you we would do is we'd look at him and be like, "Dang, that guy's he's balling." Yeah, good for good for him. Mm-hmm. But then we we have the the preacher, right, or right. whatever some some guy in the front row at church. You look at him and you're like, "Oh, 
Where'd you what you where'd you get your drug money? No, I actually for and here's the thing: I don't look you know at I mean? any, any wealthy person in the church. I don't look at them like that at all. Well, I'm not seeing you. I'm just I'm saying. Just, yeah, good. I'm. Good. I don't. I don't. I, I rich or poor. If you're in the church, the sinner's hospital. We're all in this yeah. together. Yeah. Like I don't view. I don't judge rich, obviously, or poor. I, I never look at because there's awesome. a few people who go to my church that do pull up and up. <laughs> I mean, it's Westland. If you knew about Oregon, it's a very nice area, but. I don't view them at all, because. But I do. I do just think it's different with the pastor. To answer your question, I think that. You know what's the what's the Bible verse where, the pastor is. Mm-hmm. A shepherd to the flock. I mean, of course, Jesus is the main one, but yeah, it does it say it does say somewhere that a pastor does lead his flock of his church, as a right. leader. And if the leader cares so much about material things, well, yeah, but that's the yeah. I, I'm okay, with you, right? Okay, I'm, I'm totally with you. But but is what's is so if is if it if I could if he has so you're saying that and this is of course we're kind of like off chances, but kind of not really right. Right. If he if he has a a, a twenty thousand a twenty five thousand dollars Silverado four door truck, he that's fine for him to drive. But if he drives up in a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar, you know, SUV Porsche, that's not okay for him to drive, right? That's why I'm saying I don't care about the money, right? Who right, care? That, right. Who's to say that that he can't have the Porsche because he likes leather and his whole life he he wanted a Porsche or whatever? That's my okay, point. okay. No, that's you make point. you make a solid point, and I agree that's with my, you. Yeah. It's like because you know what if you really for, say screw really, money, who cares? Who cares what he's driving all around? Because honestly. Isn't money just the tool? Okay, but let me ask you this then, and I know we got to go. Mm-hmm. And twelve yeah. and thirteen were awesome, and but this is a good conversation. I do believe it needs to happen. Sure, but don't you? Wouldn't you kind of look at that point though, when the pastor's rolling up in like a Porsche, and now we're into like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car? Don't you look at that well, and think to your or more? Don't you look at that and think to yourself? But could could a could a big percentage of that money gone to a trip to Israel, gone to the church, gone to kids in the community. Like, yeah, okay, you, you roll up in an $80,000, um, let's say a, a Lincoln, like a yeah. kind of a newer Lincoln SUV that was probably 70, mm-hmm. 80K. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a Lincoln, 70, 80K. You know, probably twenty, thirty k more than your average purchase of a car, forty k more, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Pastors doing good. Past pastors mm-hmm. doing good. I'm I'm glad. There's almost like a, I'm kind of okay. I'm glad. But all of a sudden, you start getting up in the the foreign extreme cars. I do just think it's a difference of like, well, why can't we take a lot of that extra money that we get from the Lincoln into the Porsche, and can't we can't we take a trip to Israel? as a group or can't we do something with the kids what's your go on that okay sure sure my go is i look, guess you I can mean, take the and, bus and i'm not and i'm not in i mean i i personally wouldn't buy a foreign uh, you know a foreign uh supercar even right. though they're cool right 250 grand they're fine i don't really like them i'd like to look at them but if a if somebody if a pastor did that why is it so why can't there be both 
Why okay. can't he have his car of his dreams or the car he's always been, been believing God for? And there's enough money f- to go to Israel. Okay. Or there, even if there wasn't enough money, why we do? Do we know that you know Pastor Smith has been given that car? Some God, some rich guy blessed him and said, "God told me to buy this for you because you've been believing for it for twenty years." Mm-hmm. Or do we know that that guy had, doesn't have a family? Yeah, that has taught him how to. Yeah, you're so right. In real estate, you're so right. It, it's, so, it's, so this is. <sighs> Yeah, that's so. I'm, I'm not saying, John, it doesn't spark up judgment. I understand that totally. Right. But my point, my whole point in, in doing that thing on Facebook was to let's ask, mm-hmm. why would would Jesus wear a Rolex? He would not be ashamed to. Would he really wear one? Probably not, because it's heavy, and you know who cares? But right. My, right. He had money. He had tons of money that they gave all the time, and it funneled in and it funneled out. Yeah. It's not, but it's not the money that's the problem. But he wasn't using it for an outward. He wasn't using glory, the money right. for outward glory, though. He was using it for inner glory. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. that's the main point there. Yeah, exactly. And I think, look, I think to put a bow on it for me here, because you bring up great points, Brian. It's and this is a really actually a great conversation because I think it all comes back to the heart. Yes, it does. I think it all comes back to the heart. If a, if a pastor, if a pastor rolled up in a two hundred thousand dollar Porsche, but it was the way he did it. That was very humble, parked in the back. Oh, hey, hey, Mr. <laughs> Pastor Smith, nice car. Ah, what, whatever. John, it's a piece of metal. I won't lie. I like driving it, but how are you, John? To be honest, there like, you go. There you go. Like, oh, man, Pastor does drive a nice car, but, you know, so I think it's the heart. If the pastor rolls up revving the engine, parks in the front row and wipes it off, you know, wipes the smug off on the, on the hood as he's <laughs> walking away and <laughs> making sure the car is clean and... I was like, oh boy. So I just think it all comes to the heart of a human. And I think that we're using a car and a Rolex and money as an example, but doesn't this doesn't this span over yeah. everything in life? It's everything. And uh, you know, his Porsche to him is like, you know, a nice, you know, Tahoe to me or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or an Escalator Denali truck. So it's all it all it's all relative. Yeah. It's all it's all the heart, man. It's all in your heart. And that's the thing. But I'm no different than the pastor. He's not. It's not like he's outlawed to have the big home or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And after all, God's the one who judges. He's yeah, Laura one. makes a good point. Laura says, you know, maybe he's been saving all his life for that, and uh, it's the money. To, it's his money to spend, and how it is. How is it mm-hmm. any different from anyone else spending that money? Um, I, I, I 100% agree with you and Laura. I t- I'm on your guys' side. Yes. I, I just do think it's about the heart and about the pastor does have to be careful as the leader, though. I do think it's different from the guy in the front row that works for Microsoft Absolutely. and the guy on stage reading the good word. I do think there is a difference, and biblically it does say there's a difference. It does. It does. But, and they're yeah. held up to a higher standard and everything. Right, well, we, good, t- we talked about that earlier. Like, if the guy in the front row is having coffee after church and he lets out an f bomb, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care. Who am I to judge? But if pastor's on the uh, on in the middle of service or after service and he le- lets out an f bomb with no care in the world, that's a huge red flag. Right. I understand we're all flesh. We all fall short. We're all sinners. I'm not saying the pastor's not a sinner. Of course the pastor is a sinner. A nun is a sinner. The pope is a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. Yeah. 
right? The only non-sinner was Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? But we get back to that topic of, biblically it says, because I want to keep this podcast very biblically, even though we do have some great conversations and opinions here, is the pastor does have a different role. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he does lead. Well said. You said it best. Well, good. It's a good. It's a good start back, huh? Yeah, good. Two chapters down. Yes, sir. We're moving, baby. We got fourteen ah, coming up tomorrow morning at six a.m. and uh, yep. we'll continue through God's Word. Um. Again, anybody listening here, and, and when I say God's Word, I it's true. Every word in here is God's Word, written through man. Again, we go back to Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. God created the heavens and the earth. Yep, God can write a Bible. <laughs> I don't know. How can... It was man that wrote the Bible, not God. Okay, no, 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 no. God can do all. He can write a God book. And if he can create an earth and a heaven in six days, <laughs> then guess what? I got 20 energy drinks. He can write a Bible. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Thanks for getting everybody back safely from the uh, weightlifting camp at Freedom Weightlifting. And um, thank you for just this this podcast and, and, and being able to connect with so many people. And thank you for your good word, the Bible. We're so grateful and we appreciate having this in our hands right now, you know, on our tablet, like just just to have your word with us at all times. Um, what a blessing. What a blessing that is. So give us strength to fight demons throughout the day as we walk with you. Give us strength. Our sword is your word. Um, don't let us um, be shifted to world the world's view, Lord, as the world's view and opinions try to... Um, Swarm us, if you will. Give us strength to walk with you and to live a biblical life. Um, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right, Brian. Brian Neitch. Enjoyed it. We'll see you Until guys tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Pacific time. We are in chapter 13 tomorrow morning. 14. I lost track. Uh, I closed my thing. 13? Is it 13? No, 14. (laughs) 14. 14. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys. Salute.